This is Who Makes a Podcast, conversations with your favorite podcast hosts about who they are, the shows they make, and why they make them. I'm your host, Chris Cookley, and I have two guests today, Aaron Bevel and Brent Hinson. Starting in March 2020, Aaron and Brent teamed up to co-host the weekly music podcast, Crossing the Streams. Each week, they exchange three unfamiliar songs based on a given theme, and for each episode, they discuss the artists and songs they picked, along with what they did and did not like. It's a podcast not only designed to expand their appreciation for different types of music, but also to help their listeners discover new artists and songs. With a new episode available every Monday morning, they've compiled over 90 episodes in just under two years. That's a lot of music to discover. Aaron and Brent, welcome to Who Makes a Podcast. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe you guys can identify yourselves just so my audience knows who is who. Yeah, so I'm Aaron Bevel. And I'm Brent Hinson. I'm uh, the, uh, I don't know how you describe my voice, because I'm from the north. I don't know that I have a northern twang still. Yeah. I have the indistinguishable accent, so people have told me I have no <laughs> accent. If you ask me a question about tornadoes, if I say tornadoes, then you know I'm from the north. There you go. Where about up north are you from? Uh, so I was born and raised in Flint, Michigan. Okay. And as soon as I graduated high school, I left and I uh, moved down to Tennessee and uh, went to the University of Tennessee at Martin, graduated with a degree in communications, met my wife at UTM and never went back, <laughs> to, never back uh, home. So uh, we have a, a little boy who just turned 15 and we, uh, we live here in Union City, Tennessee. Awesome. And uh, Aaron, what about you? Where are you from originally? Uh, my dad was in the military, he's in the Air Force, so we moved around all over the place. Uh, in my early years, I was overseas, so we lived in Guam and then also uh, Portugal, and then eventually moved to the States and moved to Texas, which is kind of its own country in itself. And then, uh, yeah, from there, I decided I wanted to be a rock star after college and moved to Nashville, and that didn't work out. So I do video now, and I do podcasting, so... Did you get anywhere with the uh, the music stuff or? No, uh, originally I was going to move to Nashville and try to be like an engineer, an audio engineer in the studios. And then okay. I quickly learned that that was like trying to go to uh, Hollywood and trying to be an actor. It was just, oh yeah, you really have to know people to get in the studios, even for free internships. And uh, so it kind of led to me learning about audio and editing and then kind of led to a career in video in a weird way. Yeah. Well, they're, they're related. Yeah. Can't have good video without good audio. Yeah, absolutely. On your podcast that you guys make, Crossing the Streams, you're very fluid with each other. And, you know, from my listening, that makes your podcast feel really natural. So how long have you guys known each other and how did you meet? Aaron and I have known each other for about six, six and a half years. Uh, I started working for the company that we're currently employed with as a project manager. Aaron was a, the, uh, the videographer and editor and so we kind of developed this relationship really early on where we had kind of like the same sense of humor. We both like music. And when I first started, I was a little kind of shy and withdrawn. And I remember Aaron one time after shoot said, hey, man, why don't you come out to dinner with us? And he was always very welcoming. He had a really nice um, personality and just a nice disposition. And since then, we just we talk every day through Slack or we text back and forth and we share similar ideas and beliefs, and, and I think that kind of comes across when we record. Yeah, I think early on, like, I was always 
sending Brent music. I was like, Hey, have you heard this? Have you heard the white Buffalo? Have you heard this band? And he would always just say like, I know I stopped listening to music after I had a kid. And so <laughs> I used to get frustrated with him and be like, Hey, you, you need, there's so much good music out there. You need to be listening to this stuff. And so that kind of led to that side of our friendship where I was constantly annoying him by sending him music and, uh, and overloading him, I guess, uh, was definitely the case. Did you ever work in the same office together or has, have you always been kind of remote and separate? We don't work in the same office. So I, I work in our Martin office and Aaron is in the Nashville office or Nashville area, but we would go uh, on film shoots and we would see each other in film shoots and work, you know, really closely in that uh, environment. And we would always cut up and have a fun time. We would make a point, even though it was stressful, we would always try to have a good time and joke around. I think that's kind of how our friendship developed and evolved. Yeah. Seems to really come through on your on your podcast, which is great. How much time do you spend, do you think, deeply listening to music? You know, we we so often just have music on in the background, or at least I do. I don't spend nearly as much time as, as I've grown up like focusing on the music or listening to music. It's just kind of background noise. Do you spend a lot of time doing that? I mean, the, the depth that you guys talk about music on your podcast would make me believe that you do. I'll let Aaron handle this one first because I think he'll have a vastly greater <laughs> answer than mine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think as you get older, I think it's, it's natural that you kind of music becomes the thing you do in your car on the way to work and, or, you know, you have, you're doing work. It's kind of the thing that's in the background, like you said, but I think a couple of years ago, I really had like this resurgence in music and it became because of vinyl. I started getting back into vinyl and buying records and that medium, it kind of lends itself more to sitting down and actually listening and, uh, you know, you have to get up and change it. It's not like Spotify. It's not super easy. So I think uh, it, it just sort of, in some ways, it just made me sit down and really listen to music and kind of analyze music and think of it in a deeper way than I did before. I think I've always been analytical about it, but that really reinforced that side of music for me. And when I was growing up, I, I think when I kind of discovered Pearl Jam and Nirvana, that's when I really started getting into listening to the lyrics and, you know, trying to decipher what they're talking about. And then I got into college, I had my own college radio show, and then I became a DJ. And so I listened to music for a really long time for, for a while there. And then life happens and we, uh, I got married, I had a son and I just, I didn't get a chance to listen to new music as much as I wanted to or just had time for and that's kind of where Aaron came in would send me some new stuff and he's like I can't believe you don't know this band and then I would say well you don't know Midnight Oil I can't believe you don't know this band and <laughs> I still don't uh, know that's Midnight kinda, Oil by the way yeah we still haven't covered that. that's kind of how this whole thing came together but yeah I, you know Aaron is when when it comes to music Aaron is a music guy he lives for the music and I am more when I listen to a song I go straight to the lyrics because I want to know what the person writing the song had in mind when they put that song to tape. Can you have a great song if it's great lyrics, but bad music? I will say yes, because we just had a, an episode a couple of weeks back. And while musically it's a strange song, it's called Push Me, Pull Me by Pearl Jam. It's a strange song musically, but the lyrics, I think 
are genius. So I think you can. And I think that's the interesting thing about what we do. And we didn't intend that. Uh, we've kind of learned this about each other as we went. Uh, but there are times me as a music person, I can really like the words to a song, but if it doesn't musically work for me, then I have a hard time, like kind of a mental block towards it. Just like, uh, the song imagine like i really like the words of that song but there's something musically about it that just kind of is off-putting are you serious yeah i know we like- had this conversation before <laughs> we have really <laughs> I, I yeah i don't not like the song but every time i hear the the music of it i'm like ah just there's something about the it piano part are you serious yeah, i don't know i love john lennon but there's something about that song i don't know what it is uh i constantly say he's dead inside I and i, I want think that's i correct. want to love that song and there's something about it that i i just i don't know just something about the piano parts gotta yeah. be honest i can't think of what that song sounds like i don't know i'm sure i've heard it but have have no idea i've got a podcast you should ask <laughs> yeah is it on there which episode is that no, I'll check it we, out. we talk about the beatles uh quite a bit but i don't think we've ever covered okay. that song specifically apparently so yeah i've listened to a, a number of your episodes haven't come across the beatles yet really that's yeah yeah huh not yet we haven't talked about the beatles specifically but they're a constant source of inspiration i think for us and so we talk about you know the the Beatles documentary that was on Disney Plus or that Rick Rubin thing with Paul McCartney and Hulu. We're always dropping Beatles stories in. Okay. Awesome. What's your what's your preferred medium to listen to music on? Aaron, you said vinyl. Is that like does it have to be vinyl now or uh will you it's still, stream still? It's my preferred medium, but streaming is just so convenient in so many ways. Uh so that's probably the one I listen to most. But there's a lot of times where I very snobbishly will wait to listen to an album until I get it on vinyl, which is what about cassettes. No cassettes. No cassettes. That was a bad medium when we had it. I it's <laughs> I see it like at record stores and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, really? That's the one we don't need to go back to. That was the the problematic one, definitely in my uh, growing up. I was like, man, I hate cassettes. I mean, I appreciated cassettes at the times. Making mixtapes was like a source of pride. Right. Yeah. You know, but now that part of my life is over. And I'm on to something else. I'm an Apple Music guy. I'm like, Aaron, I, streaming is just so easy. Um, we have Sirius XM in the car. We'll listen to that. And then I also listen to vinyl, not as much as Aaron and not as not with the same intent as Aaron. I'll have a few uh, used records that I play. But a lot of the vinyl that I buy, I keep packaged because I'm a collector. And Aaron gets mad at me for not opening the vinyl. But... I see my vinyl collection as my son's inheritance someday. That's how I look at it. <laughs> yeah. But then you just need to buy two of them every time. I do that You've sometimes. Done it a few times. I just yeah. got my wife got me uh, Madonna's "Like a Virgin" on vinyl for Christmas, and it's used. And I just I was listening to Material Girl yesterday morning, <laughs> and I specifically right. told her when she asked me what to buy, whatever you buy, make sure to open because otherwise he's not going to open. He's just going to leave <laughs> in the package. Was that an, an original pressing, or is that a reissue? In 1984, it was open. Yeah, I haven't looked to see what the uh, what the price on it was, but uh, it sounds just as good as it did in 1984. But Madonna always does that. Sure. What sort of uh, what sort of system are you listening through? Do you need to have like a hi-fi system with really nice speakers to get into the music, or can, like is there a, a level of speaker that you need, or what about headphones versus speakers? Does that matter? Yes. I, I like I made a note on that and I didn't realize how much that affects things until we started doing the podcast because a lot of times I when I work I have one headphone earpiece on and one off because I work at home in case you know somebody breaks in the house and tries to kill me uh, but when you listen in headphones 
there are things that you don't pick up on through just listening through speakers. So I think headphones are extremely important when you're listening to music. Yeah. And I kind of, I, I mostly listen without headphones and I went down when I got back in the vinyl, I started chasing the the dragon of trying to get a hi-fi setup. And, uh, you know, I have a nice turntable um, and then I have Sonos speakers throughout the house, but I kind of dropped off after that. That's as far as I went with it. A couple of clips floor standing speakers, but only for records. Like when it comes to like compressed music, like Spotify, I'm just, it's through the Sonos through the house. I actually have a turntable that I stole from my parents when I left for college and my mom wondered where it went. And I said, oh, I've got it here. So <laughs> still got it. Is that, that's the one that you use? That's the one I use, yeah. Yeah. Have you replaced the needle at all, or is it still all that's original? I, I did. I Last year, it, I had to replace it, but it's like a 1972 wow. turntable. still works fine. It's a great piece of equipment. Yeah, and I have one of those uh, $120 Audio-Technica LP120s or whatever they're <laughs> that's, called. That's what I started out was like a $100 yeah. one, and then I, I upgraded to the Audio-Technica LP7, and I don't want to talk about how much I spent on that, but <laughs> it's it's an amazing uh, turntable. Did you notice a difference? Oh yeah, a noticeable difference. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. the The original one I had, and I forget uh, what brand it was, but had terrible problems with skipping because it wasn't uh, uh, leveled and correctly and everything, and there was no way to uh, adjust any of that. So, but yeah, sonically, way big difference. Once I bought like the Klipsch floor standing speakers and stuff. If you really want to go down that rat hole. You can spend some money and I oh, yeah. I haven't even, you know, I'm like maybe mid tier when it comes to like affordable hi-fi stuff. But yeah, if you want to spend $30,000, $100,000, you can do that. I, I can't because I work at the place that me and Brent work, but you can do that. <laughs> now, I know there are audio files out there that can, like they're very, uh, the difference between lossless and MP3, like they're hardcore and I'm not like that. I'd be flack, right? I can't hear too much of a difference, but you know. Yeah, no, I can't hear it either. I have, um, as far as speakers go, I have some Rocket 5 from KRK that go. I got in uh, high school. So they're like 15 years old maybe, but they uh, they sound great as far as I'm concerned, as far as I can tell. So I'm going to rock with that for a while, at least until they start buzzing. Yeah, as long as it sounds good to you, that's all that matters. The rest of it. I still have my speakers from high school too, yeah. Wow. Do you guys have any any favorite genres of music? I imagine that you would lean one way or another towards something. I uh, grew up, at, I think, you know, everybody says they're, they're time period of growing up was the best but i grew up in the early 90s when alternative hit and Nevermind and 10 and and the chili peppers that to me is like like my home base that's where i yep. always flock back to um and i always joke that i listened to journey and foreigner because that's what my parents had me uh, listening <laughs> to around the house so i listened to a lot of classic rock uh, 90s rock, um, but I also grew up in Flint, which is an urban area, so I was introduced to a lot of rap music, and so I have an appreciation for that, and I listened to a lot of that and tried to introduce that to Aaron, and then I've gotten into this whole, you know, like alt-country thing with the Drive-By Truckers and Jason Isbell over the past couple of years. Aaron, what about you? Uh, kind of part of the show is that uh, when I was growing up, I grew up overseas and then also my parents were very religious and were youth pastors. And so I listened to a lot of like Christian rock and I missed a lot of like the good 90s stuff that is like Brent's forte. And so 
that's kind of where the the thing works where he introduces me to that era of music and then i introduce him to stuff that's now we've kind of flipped like now he's the church goer and i'm very much not and so we've kind of flipped uh the styles of music that it gives us that opportunity to have that exchange where he can talk about a band that everyone in the world knows and i have no idea about like Madonna. And then I can introduce him to like, you know, Swedish bands that nobody else has ever heard of, but now he's cool enough to know about Nova Amor and, and bands like that. Yes. So. Hey, it's Chris. Can I jump in here for a minute and ask if you have thought about making your own podcast? If you have, you may have realized there's a lot more that goes into it than you might have thought. Don't worry. I have a gift for you. I want you to have my podcast quick start checklist. From what microphone and recording software you should use to how you host and distribute your show, I'm here to help with all of that and more. My podcast quick start checklist will walk you through everything you need to know to start your podcast. I'll show you what's actually important. To get my podcast quick start checklist, Go to whomakesapodcast.com slash start and tell me where to send it. Now let's get back to the episode. So this is something that I've I've been wondering ever since college when we had friends that uh, would introduce us, us being me and my wife, to new music that we hadn't heard about. Where are you finding this music? How do you find new music? Basically, at every Friday, uh, Spotify will, there's a way to kind of look at what's released just kind of the they don't have like the there used to be a service called audio that had like an the fire hose you could just turn on and be like show me everything that got released this day on friday every friday and you could just cull through all of it uh but spotify you can get kind of close to that and so about every friday i tend to just pull it up and just kind of quickly you know click through and see what clicks and what what i just skip through most of it these days a lot of it that is released on spotify or in music in general is pop and hip hop. Uh, that's like become the two biggest genres. And so yeah. 80% of the stuff I listen to in Spotify, it's like a click. Nope, 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 nope. And so <laughs> I end up on these like weird smaller bands and that kind of seems to be where I, I, I land most of the time. Before Aaron, I would hear new bands through, uh, I follow Pearl Jam a lot. So, you know, Pearl Jam would cover a song in concert. And I'm like, oh, who's that? And then I'd go back and find out, oh, that's who they are. And then I'd look into their music. And I have uh, cousins who are into a lot of bands and they would introduce me to bands that I'd never heard of. And now I'm able to kind of be in the conversation because Aaron kind of enlightens me on some of the new bands. So I, I always get my stuff through other people, I guess. Kind of a word word of mouth thing. Now that I'm older. I, now that I should say now that I'm older. <laughs> Your show is uh, it's about podcast, or not about podcasting. It's a podcast about music. So what what is it about podcasting that drew you in? I started listening to podcasts like probably 13, 14 years ago. There's one I've always listened to called This Week in Tech with Leo Laporte. They were one of the very first ones back when oh, I listened was, to Oh really? Twit every week. Yeah, I listened to Twit all the time. Yeah. I mean they were they were back when it was netcasts, like before it was yeah. even podcasts. And uh so I've been a long time listening to them and really loved it, always wanting to work on a podcast not necessarily be on one. In fact, I never would have guessed I would be on one, but I thought I would engineer one. Uh, I tried to convince our company that we should have a podcast just because I wanted to learn how to do it. Uh, and then, so that's when I talked to Brent and I was like, Hey, 
you uh, were a radio guy, so you can like talk in front of microphones. So you want to do this music podcast just as kind of a way to just try it out and learn the ins and outs of like how to host a podcast, every all the technical aspects of it so that I could engineer one, never intending for this to be what it is and never intended to do 90-something episodes. Uh, but we just liked it, and we just kept doing it. So. Yeah, and I didn't really come to podcast until probably five or six years ago. I'm sure everyone will make fun of me for this, but I started listening to wrestling podcasts. Uh, the first one that I really listened to was Something to Wrestle With with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson, who Conrad Thompson is like... When it comes to podcasts and wrestling, he is the godfather these days. He does so many of them. Uh, so that's how I got into listening to podcasts. And then, oddly enough, our uh, preacher and his wife started a podcast, I think, in 2019 called Unremarkable. And I thought, wow, that's some, like somebody local is doing a podcast. I want to try to figure out how to do that. And so I started a podcast with my son called Conversations with Myself, A Journey of Self-Discovery, where... Uh, we would sit down and he would ask me questions about when I was his age and I would ask him questions about, you know, being how, you know, 13 or 14 years old. And we put out several episodes over um, about, I guess, uh, nine or 12 months, something like that. Are you still making that? No. And I think what happened was he was in, he was just kind of going along with me, uh, you know, uh, humoring me doing the podcast. I don't think he wanted to do it as much as I did, but we kind of paused on that and I pardon the pun, crossed over to uh, doing one with Aaron. And I think at first he was, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were, when I first pitched the idea to you, you were like, ah, I don't know if I want to put that much effort into this right now. I don't want to listen to a whole new album every week. Cause originally I'd said like, what if we do a full album every week? And I was like, well, he seems kind of lukewarm on the idea. The next morning he said, oh, I woke up like 545 and just wrote down 35 topics that we could cover on. And I was like, okay, well, he's all in then. So Interested, yeah. Went running, has uh, been running ever since then. A whole album every week would be quite a uh, quite a task. Yeah, you don't know going in uh, what you don't know with podcasting. Right. And you're, right. you know, originally it was just going to be like, we were just going to talk like to, like we would do at work. We were just, you know, there wasn't going to be like themed episodes and there weren't going to, but then you quickly realize after the first episode, you're like, wow, to talk intelligently about any of this, we're going to have to like do research. And like, you know, it turns out half the information I know about bands is not true. It's close, but it's not true. So, And we spotlight three songs. We each spotlight three songs during an episode, but we have a companion playlist with um, like bonus picks, we call them bonus selections. So essentially we really do listen to a full album every week because there's a lot of songs on the playlist but only only researching the the three maybe the top three yeah talking about yeah yeah and you you research the band as well so it's you know like holistically like all of their so do you listen to a lot of podcasts is that something that you make time for each week i and this is going to sound vain but it's there's a reason for it i listen to our podcasts uh during the week but coming from radio it's natural for me because i would always air check myself and listen to what i like what i did right what i did wrong what i want to change so i do listen to our podcast a lot i still listen to my wrestling podcast and then from time to time if there's a a guest that i want to you know learn more about there's a great podcast um that i think aaron turned me on to uh broken record podcast rick rubin's podcast yeah with uh malcolm gladwell yeah yeah right yeah I listen to three pretty religiously, but that's about all the time I have because they're long ones. 
uh, Toyot This Week in Tech. And then yeah. I've listened to Giant Bomb for like 12 years. They're a video game podcast. And then Next Lander, which is three guys who left Giant Bomb. So my world is like Giant Bomb and Twit, and that's about it. And and for yeah. research, I end up listening to you know scattered ones here and there if they're covering a band that we're going to cover. Do you think listening to podcasts is similar in any way to listening to music? No, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't think so because I can put on a podcast and drive. Maybe kind of sort of in and with a podcast i'm listening and i'm just getting information uh with music and aaron and i've talked about this before music i am tied to it emotionally so if i'm listening to a song driving down the road it's kind of like that scene from jerry mcguire where he's like singing free falling by tom petty you know i'm not doing that to a podcast but if i've got a good song on um you know i'm really into it yeah i think they can play the same role but I don't, right. I don't feel like I sit and critically listen to podcasts in the way that I do music, but podcasts are my go-to for long drives. Or if I, you know, I'm cooking at night, that's kind of usually I have a podcast going just so it's something in the background and they take so much longer commitment to consume a podcast versus a few songs or an album. And I know it's not really considered a podcast, but I do listen to a lot of on long drives to uh, Nashville, I listen to uh, Howard Stern episodes where he talks to like celebrities or musicians because he is an a, he's a fantastic interviewer oh he's great and so i'll listen to that so essentially a podcast uh, really I yeah mean, like when you break it right. down that's that's kind of what podcasts are it's just for us tiny people who don't have budgets you know, we can right. finally have our one thing to our little voice what about audiobooks do you ever listen to audiobooks yeah uh not as much without a drive i work from home now but when i was yeah had a drive every day like two hours yeah, man, I lived and breathed audiobooks. I've never gotten into audiobooks, but I've always wanted to be an audiobook reader. There you go. <laughs> like a near, like, you know, person that, like, I would, like, if my career goes sideways where we're at now, that's something I'd want to look into. Should sign up for uh, ACX, go submit some uh, submissions. Yeah, I know there's websites I can get into that. I'm just, yeah, I'm just lazy. I got other stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. That's life, right? Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that you want to record them, but you have no interest in listening to them. You're like, I will. <laughs> that comes off much more vain than intended. I'm but sorry. Yeah. No, that seems My so wife will agree with that. This statement. all checks out. This all checks out. What's something that you've learned while you've been making your podcast that maybe you didn't expect when you started? It's uh, a labor of love. We love doing it. I don't want to speak for Aaron. I, I love doing it, um, but it is. it can be time consuming. It can be... Um, hard at times. It can be uh, kind of nerve wracking, especially if you have uh, uh, a big name guest on. But it it's something that we put our, our, our passion into and we want to make the best possible product that we can put out there. And I've told Aaron multiple times, I said, listen, if you ever want to close up shop on this thing, I'm fine with it. I'm with you as long as you want to ride this thing out. That being said, I love doing it every week. It's a lot of fun. I think you learn a lot about yourself if you're the one who edits it. Uh, that's one of the things that most people, unless you get into radio, you don't like. Like I've recorded tons of people through my career. 90% of the people that record and then hear their voice, they freak out. And they're like, oh, I hate my yeah. voice. I hate. And so I'm definitely one of those people. And then having to edit myself every week, it's just torture. And hearing the same phrases, you know, everybody has those pause phrases that you say the ums or the the whatever crutches yeah i always i have the ones and i can spot them now by waveform like i well (laughs) idiot's about to say here it comes you know and then Uh, 
It's so funny. I, I you can see oh, those yeah. in the waveform. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've learned both of ours. Like I don't even have to listen anymore. I just like, well, <laughs> there's one. Take it out. Take it out. But uh, I do leave some in there because I think it. I don't know. There's something about hearing somebody else stumble a little bit that you're like, ah, oh, well, they're human, you know. And I yeah, it like humanizes that. it for sure. What are your phrases? And I'm curious. Uh, I hate to even point them uh, out. It, I know Aaron's. Break Aaron's is um, absolutely. Yeah, I say yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the other thing that's dumb that I, I realized that I say is, I say I know, I don't know, and I'm like, what, what does that mean? I know, I don't know. Uh, it's there's things like that uh, that all the time, and then we have phrases that we come up with. Like one of us learns a new word. It's like word of the week. And then we both start picking up on and using because we think we sound smarter. Uh, and so we have a lot of those that you'll hear us mimic each other quite a bit. The impetus. Yes, of the this. impetus <laughs> of this episode. Yeah, you hear that a lot. Uh, so, yeah, we start to pick up on those. And it's kind of funny as you go along. You're like, Ugh. and then other people point stuff out that, <laughs> you know, like Brent's wife will point out things to me that I forget everything. I always forget stuff on the, the episode. And uh, you're like, wow, that's I didn't need that in my life. But here we are, you know, so it's very <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like self-revealing uh, medium. The voice thing is something that's been mentioned on every single podcast or every single interview that I've done so far. Well, I'm you're going to hear that probably throughout. Yeah. I mean, I, I know there are musicians like great vocalists that are like every time I hear my voice, I cringe. So it's it's hate it. Yeah, it's the common the common thing that everybody struggles with. Well, it just doesn't sound the same to you. And I know when I started out. And when I started in radio, I talked really high, really fast. <laughs> and you you learn to to relax a little bit and try to just talk as you are. I still talk fast. I'll never break from that habit. But you do get relaxed the more you do it. Yeah. And 90 episodes in, I don't know that I'm more relaxed, but Brent keeps telling me like I'm, I'm more relaxed. So it's you learn things. You learn to pace yourself a little more. When we started, and I still do this all the time, is when I get nervous, I talk faster and I stop breathing. And so then you have to like, <gasps> yeah. and then you have to edit I, those yeah. things out. I used to run out of breath when yeah. I was on the air and I'm like, that's not good. Yeah. And I, I, I find myself doing that a lot. Or you're just talking faster than you can think and you start to say really dumb things. And then you're like, well, I don't even know where I was going with this, but you got to complete the sentence. And uh, that's where editing helps because a lot of times that's when I get things wrong. That's when I get facts wrong. Do you fact check your, your episodes after you put them together oh yeah oh yeah i try to fact check uh wow. at least more and on actually my side. we have people that yeah. will we have uh artists that will fact check us yes. on social media call you out yeah uh you have to yeah. uh, issue a, a a retraction or <laughs> yeah the i'm famous, sorry i got that wrong i don't think we actually ever retracted our statement on that one though no <laughs> but we we talk about it so he's become famous for that but uh a guy that i love foy vance is an irish uh singer had uh, i forget the details i said he recorded in sun studios in memphis is that right and then uh he was he just on social media he just posted back very politely uh he did not like attack us or anything but he was like oh by the way it was sam phillips studio not sun studio which is like down the road so it's kind of lived on and so we're always like oh foy vance is going to come back and fact check us if we don't get this right so <laughs> got foy has become like a, a verb on on the show yeah really wow yeah why did you guys decide to uh, to make your podcast? Why not just send each other new music to listen to? Why um, why share that experience with people? I will say this: I think this puts the uh, the pressure is not the right word, but if Aaron sends me something, I can set it to the side and say, "Oh, I'll listen to that when I get a chance." 
But by doing a, a weekly podcast, I know that I have to be well-versed in the songs that he sends me, and I want to be well-versed. I want to know who Mastodon, the band, is and their music, even if I don't get into them. Um, this forces me to really concentrate on learning new music. So that's really what I get out of it, and that's why I think on my end, that's why I you know, agreed to sign on to it. I have no idea why I did it and am still doing it. Again, I always wanted to be an engineer. I never thought I was going to be on the show. It just was out of the need. You know, I had needed to have two people talking. It was going to be just the Brent podcast. It wouldn't make any sense. Or maybe it would. I don't know. Maybe, that's, maybe that would have been great. But I just keep going along. I enjoy doing it. And I love talking about music. It's really just, like I said, what we do in person, we just decided to record it and then uh, put way more pressure on ourselves than we needed. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, it's just the same conversations we have on Slack all day. Yeah. Hopefully they don't track us on uh, our employer's side of things because it's pretty much what we do most of the day is just talk about bands. And actually, it's kind of hard since we work together and we do talk every day. We have to stop ourselves from talking about an upcoming episode because... yeah. We kind of want to, you know, surprise or, you know, inform the other person of some information we found. We Our, our phrase is, save it for the show. You know, yeah. it's, want it to be fresh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's not talk about this particular thing because otherwise we will, yeah, we'll just pick it apart. And then by the time we talk about it on the show, it's it's stale and it's just recapping. What's your process for picking the music that you do bring to the podcast? I know that you guys have the the playlist that you put together in advance and it sounds like you listen to each other's picks before the show. How do you decide what you're actually going to bring and how much digging are you doing before you pick something? So we, we kind of flip flop weeks. Uh, and when it's my pick, uh, I'll just pick a band or a theme and then make the playlist, uh, for that artist or theme and then send it to Brent and then he'll try to pair that theme or that idea. And then when it's his turn, vice versa. And sometimes it's, uh, hard because we we want to have artists that are somewhat similar, not you know have someone that's a heavy metal band and then pair them up with a with a folk artist. So what I do, my process, if Aaron sends me uh, an artist that he's going to cover, I'll put them in a website called MusicMap.com or I'll go to uh, Last.fm and try to find similar artists from the time period, like the '80s, the '70s, and '90s, and say, oh, this will work out, and then. I'll send them my picks from there. Then you kind of add your songs to the playlist and sort of just check it and be like, is this going to be just terrible of train wreck listening to this playlist or not? Which anytime we have on our, our, our good friend, uh, Ryan King, who is a comedian, his, he makes the playlist just absolute train wrecks there. The Christmas one is a, a perfect <laughs> example. He had like a heavy metal Christmas song. And we were like, what? Uh. But we always know that when Ryan's on, this is what's going to happen. So you're, you're giving conscious thought in advance to how the, the songs will sound together on, on a playlist. Yeah, I usually do. I, do you, Brent? I guess you do, right? I, I do, but I think Aaron does, he's more in tune with it than, than I am. And, and not to say that, I, that you know, I, I don't put any conscious effort into it, but Aaron like dissects it. He's like, all right, I think this will work in this. So I think he's much more in tune with that than, than, than I, I get around to. What do you think is the most obscure music that you've brought to your podcast? So I never get to bring obscure music because on my side, it's all like the stuff that he missed out on growing up. So my stuff is usually mainstream artists. But on occasion, I will uh, get to bring a band, like an indie band that I 
discovered growing up, like uh, a, a group out of Memphis, Big Ass Truck, or a group that I grew up listening to, Fire Hose or Sleater Kinney, something like that. So I'm proud when I get to have those moments. But for Aaron, it's basically every week. <laughs> Maybe not every week, but I, I do prefer to try to spotlight smaller bands because in my mind, you know, I, I could be, I don't know, talking about U2 or somebody, but like so many people know U2 that I'm, I don't feel like I'm adding to that conversation where what I hope from my side is that it introduces smaller bands to people that maybe are indie or, you know, just haven't made it to the mainstream as much. So I kind of like to spotlight those bands. I don't always do that, but that's kind of been what the role that I play in the, in the podcast. And we always like to see those types of bands succeed. Like, for example, uh, an artist out of um, the UK, George Glue. I think he's fantastic, and I hope that his career takes off. Uh, a group from the north, Them Cooley Boys. I, I love those guys, and and they're a smaller band, and we try to promote them, and we try to like their stuff on social media, and we we would be genuinely excited if their careers just went, you know, skyrocketed. Yeah, yeah, and and there's also the fun side of. And Brent is very good about, he runs the social media of like tagging these uh, bands and stuff to try to be like, Hey, we're talking about you. Those are typically the bands that will interact with us. And those are the bands that will reach out to us and say like, Hey, I'll come on the show sometime. I think that's a really fun thing that we didn't maybe foresee or even think would ever be an opportunity. Uh, and the smaller the band is, the more opportunity you have to have that happen where, uh, as of yet, uh, Jason Isbell has not answered our, our phone calls. So, but maybe, yeah, maybe. Have you, have you reached out to him? I'm too scared to do it. What it is. Yeah. Yeah. He reached out to my absolute hero, Glenn Phillips from Toad the Wet Sprock, and he was gracious enough to come on our 50th episode, but That's he will awesome. not reach out to his favorite artist uh, yet. And uh, so we'll see. We'll, I had, I had a hard enough time the week Glenn Phillips was on sleeping, trying to was get everything yeah. right. That if Jason was on, I would, I, I don't, I, it would be too hard for me, I think. Yeah. It, it's a weird thing to talk to your heroes. It, it is a very strange thing and not to act like, like we hope when people are on, we've said this before in the podcast, but we hope when people are on that it cannot be us fanboying out, but them just yeah. having a conversation as fans of music and talking about music that they love. I think that would be the more interesting thing than hearing me say, I've listened to Toad Duet Sprocket since high school and I think you're the best man in the world <laughs> that's not useful to anyone nobody wants to hear that he's probably heard that before too but we had tyler from uh the band goodbye june on just a couple of weeks ago and he said that he liked listening to the podcast because it was just you know us talking about music and the thing that we forget i think is that musicians get into music because they love music and they love talking about music and so when he came on and you know he, he got a chance to just sit there and not be rock star musician it was just a guy who wanted to talk about some of his favorite songs yeah they probably don't get that opportunity all that often unless they're yeah. talking with their own friend's circle yeah surprisingly and talking to tyler afterwards he said that was something that they don't get to do a lot nowadays like you're saying and so that's what drew him like brent said to this idea and this podcast so that's awesome that means we're doing our job so yeah on the uh, on the obscure band's front I was scrolling through your episodes list and uh, I noticed Flipside was episode 52, I think. And yeah, I had I, I loved that first album, the 
Flipside album from 2006 or whatever it was. Yeah. And I have never found anybody else who ever listened to it. <laughs> so I was so excited when Let I was Let me introduce you to that. Aaron Bevel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the fun thing, especially like when I cover Christian rock, I thought I did a whole episode on Christian rock called Filling in the Gaps for Brent. And I thought like I was going to be the weirdo and I was like, you know, no, this would probably be like the least listened to episode ever. Cause nobody's gonna know who I'm talking about or care about Christian rock. And, uh, we had a lot of people reach out to us and be like, and say like, Hey, I listened to that when I was growing up and I found out that I wasn't as weird as I thought originally. <laughs> uh, and it's they, just me. they listen to the same music I listen to now because of those, uh, Christian bands that we listen to. So it, it's been fun. It's been surprising in many ways. Yeah, that's great. What sort of notes are you guys preparing before your episode? And you're obviously doing a lot of research. What do, what do the notes look like? How how long are they? What are you trying to research? What are you trying to have down? Does, does it matter? Yeah, I think um, luckily, and you use it, and Aaron introduced me to it, but you, we use Notion to compile yeah. our notes, and that's been a godsend. Yeah, um, love Notion. We want to come across as intelligent you know, when we're talking about these bands, obviously sometimes we can speak off the top of our head because we know them so well, but sometimes there are bands that I'll cover that I know a couple of their songs, but I don't know their backstory. So I have to do some research. So the the prep is kind of a love hate thing. I learned so much about the band that I'm covering, but we do put a lot of time and effort into sounding like we're not just some goofballs behind a microphone. We want to sound you know, intelligent about the music we're speaking on. And and that's been the biggest compliment from some of the bands that have reached out to us have said, have said that, you know, I appreciate all the research you did into this, our band. So that's the payoff, but yeah, sitting down every week and like, all right, and this is like college again, I got to research this band. It can be a little tiresome after a while, but like Brent said, the more that we research these bands, the fun thing is, the more that we realize and we can pair the weirdest bands together, but there's always some connective DNA and it happens every single time that you're, you're like, what? like we paired a, a Canadian rock band uh, with the Wu-Tang clan, uh, Rain Wolf and the Wu-Tang clan. It made no sense whatsoever. Like they would. Other than the fact that Rain Wolf opened for Wu-Tang right. Wu one time. <laughs> yeah. And then we, the more we explored it, the more there were these connective tissues between the two bands and the way the music they grew up listening to and then the way that they approach their careers and stuff. So there's always that, you know, music is music and even it's different genres, there's something connecting it. Uh, and that's been the fun thing to find out is like the, the DNA that you learn by doing the research. But for us, it's as we've said before, it's like every week we're writing a research paper right. on the band recovering. That's essentially what it's like. Yeah. You do a lot of research, obviously, for each episode and you've done over 90 episodes at this point. How do you stay motivated to continue making new episodes? And this is this still as fun as it was when it started? Do you, do you see the podcast continuing for the foreseeable future? I think it's important to take breaks. So we recorded three episodes over the course of six days in uh, early December, just so we could have some time off over the holidays, just to kind of recharge our batteries. That really helps. And also getting a note from, I mentioned Tyler from um, Goodbye June earlier, saying that we won him over. That is what re-energizes me to, to see somebody you know say, hey, I really dig what you're doing. Sometimes when you put out an episode, you put out multiple episodes, you're like, is anybody listening? And then when you get that feedback, you're like, oh, wow, we are doing something right. So 
sometimes it, it can be draining. It, it, it's a labor of love. I love doing it, but it is, it is difficult. Yeah. And I, I think you have to, going into it, be very particular about what subject you choose because it, there is, you know, like we're at 92, I think episode 92, and I, I tallied it up this morning. That's 7,233 published minutes, 120 hours. You better pick something you can talk for 120 hours about yeah. and still want to continue talking about it. Because if you don't, I think I, I've read statistically most podcasts drop out after the seventh episode. I don't know what it is about the seventh one, but that's when people run out of things to talk about. And poor Aaron covers bands that aren't as well known as mine. So he really has to dig to find info. My info is a lot easier. So he has it harder than I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing I've learned is if the smaller the band, the less information there is out there. And also I pick a lot of foreign bands to America. And so there's even less. So it's, it's you got to dig a little harder, but that's where the good music is, man. America is not making the best music in the world right now. I don't, I don't know when that shifted or maybe it was that way in the seventies. I don't know. But the, to me, the really exciting stuff is happening worldwide. I'm going to have to find some of the, uh, the episodes that you're talking about some of those foreign bands and, and listen to some of them because I, my music catalog is very stagnant right now. It, it is not expanding at all. Yeah, I think everybody hits those ruts and it, it takes work. You know, back when I was in high school, it was going to CD warehouse and like flipping through CD crates and finding new stuff. But now we have so many opportunities. Like you just pull up Spotify and you have our Apple Music. You have most of the world's music right there and it can be overwhelming. So if you don't have something like this podcast to find new stuff, it can be difficult if you're busy. It can be, you know, there's work involved that you maybe don't want to put in that much work. It's so cool that I know who Frightened Rabbit are or Biffy Clyro or the Teskey Brothers or the Middle Kids all because they're Aaron. I mean, that that's the I two years ago I would have never <laughs> known these bands. So that's the cool part for me. Hearing you say that, I was like a proud papa. I was like, Oh, <laughs> my boy's growing up. He's growing up. There's obviously uh more music that you can ever actually talk about on your podcast, but do you ever when you're, when you're getting ready to start the process to find new songs, do you ever feel like you've run out of songs to bring to the table until it, like, obviously eventually something's going to pop into your head and you'll remember something, but do you ever feel that overwhelm? I think I've had that thought come into my head. I'm like, all right, one day I'm going to reach the end of the road, but then I reassess and we do things to kind of change it up. We'll do episodes like the filling in the gaps where I'll do a complete episode on my end and pick six different 80 songs, just singles, and then tell Aaron about them, or he'll enlighten me on Christian rock, which I am fascinated by. So we try to find ways to vary things up. We'll do band specific episodes, but then we'll also do theme episodes and that like we do cover song episodes, which are a lot of fun. Um, so we find ways to make it work. Yeah. We've also done uh, just trying to think how to change things up a little bit. We did, movie soundtracks are a lot of fun that's a fun one to have like uh, other friends on to do it with us and then a, a cool idea that we did one of them with uh, john prine was a kind of a spotlight kind of a discovery episode that we called it where we took an artist that neither of us knew anything about and we're like we've always heard about john prine we wanted to know more about him so i think we've talked about doing that with uh, some other bands like wilco and some other bands that just never clicked with us so that kind of stuff will keep it fresh 
when I like so far, I haven't had to use a website like Brent's talking about the music mapping one, but there's going to be a day where I'm just like, I can't pair anything. Can't think of anything with this. Uh, I haven't hit it yet, but you know, sometimes it takes you the whole week to figure out something, but that, yeah, it's eventually, yeah, I think we'll, we'll hit a, a wall where we're like, well, we got to figure that happens out. to me on my end more often because Aaron often picks these folk artists yeah. that I'm like, I don't know who I can, <laughs> pair with this yeah so like the rap side of things when i know brent would do more rap but he knows i know nothing about rap so i've come up with like flip side like you mentioned and gangster grass which is a bluegrass rap band and so but other than like four bands i'm like well i'm kind of clean out here so we're gonna have to get creative so there are certain heavy metal i love heavy metal growing up and i know brent just wasn't that into heavy metal so there are those kind of topics that we don't stray away from, but probably only dip into every now and again when we feeling frisky. Would you be up to uh, giving me your hot takes on a, a short list of my top five favorite albums from my youth? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I am, I think, about a decade behind you guys. I was going to say, how, how old are you? I'm 33. Okay, so I'm, I'm 42. I'm 44. These will be from uh, 2000 to 2009, roughly. I think is when all these came out. See, that's Aaron's like sweet spot right there. <laughs> all right. Uh, in, in no order of preference, but okay. I think I might have alphabetized the t- album title names. All right. Get Rich or Die Trying, 50 Cent. That's a brand area. Take you to the candy shop. I, yeah, I, I can't yeah. stand that song, Candy Shop. <laughs> I hate it so much. There's a few songs that I hate more than that song, but I do like some of the stuff I've heard from it. I think Candy Shop is actually on his second album. Oh, look at me, man. Retraction. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Rap cred down. In the club. I'm sorry. I'll read you myself. In the club. Yep. That was the single. Which one's, it's your birthday. Yeah. It's in, that the was club. in the club. Yep. I'm just proud I got the artist right. Usually I'm go. like, that's Rihanna. And he's like, no, that's, that's Beyonce, <laughs> you idiot. So I'm proud. Hybrid Theory, Linkin Park. That was a good album. Uh, Linkin Park was a band that I feel like as time went on, started to become sort of a, Limp Biscuit, where people are like a little ashamed to listen to them, but I, I've always thought they were really cool. Uh, and that album is hell of that album. I remember when uh, it's one step closer, right? Yep, that's on there. Yeah, yeah. That so I was working at a rock radio station when that song broke, and I, I remember them when they first kind of came on the scene. And and I'm surprised because that's usually the the kind of music that new metal that Brent does not like. Uh, I've tried and tried, and he just it's not for him. Uh, but. What was the what was the side gig he did? Uh, Fort Minor. Fort Minor. Yeah, oh, that, so that was the other Mike guy. Shinoda's. Yeah, yep. Mike, yeah Shinoda. Mike Shinoda. Yeah, that that was. An I like Fort Minor. That album, album yeah. was fantastic too. Yeah, and that's like rap adjacent, right? So I get credit for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sign no more, Mumford and Sons. Amazing album. Funny story. First time my wife saw Mumford and Sons on the Grammys performing, and they spoke, and they had a British accent. She said, "Wait, they're not from Arkansas." <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Mumford and Sons, also a divisive band that people have turned on in a weird way, especially lately with the the stuff with the banjo player, which I don't necessarily agree with. But yeah, I love Mumford and Sons. I think uh, Marcus Mumford is an amazing vocalist and incredible songwriter and anything that is bringing bluegrass to the forefront, like I'm 100% on board and super weird, like you say, that they're UK band playing bluegrass. Tangent to that, we saw Mumford and Sons 10 years ago, whenever it was. And they had a, a band called the Bears Den open for them. Yes, and they're amazing band. Fantastic as well. 
Yeah. Bears Den, I haven't covered on the podcast, but I think you've, you've heard of them, right, Brent? Like you don't, don't some of your friends have mentioned Bears Den? I don't know them, no. Okay. I think well, you will I've, soon. I've, I've failed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, they're kind of in the kind of Bon Iver, kind of folk, chill folk music that I wasn't sure if Brent would like or not. But he's, I got to admit, he has grown a lot since we've started this in his musical taste. Stuff that a year ago I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to mess with that because he's going to hate it. He's like come out and said, oh, that's I kind of like that. And so I think we both have grown in that way and evolved in that way. So The documentary by the game. I don't know the game as well as I probably should. Yeah, unless it's video games. I don't even know what we're talking about. Who's the game? <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Moving yeah. on from that then. Um, <laughs> Marshall Mathers LP, Eminem. Is that 2001? It's either 2000 or 2001. Yeah, it's right around there. Yeah, so I remember the first time I heard Eminem, uh, my name is in 99. I was like, this guy is so different. It is wild. So... I, I, that was when I was in radio and I was on board with, uh, with Eminem immediately. I, I was into Eminem and I think he's one of those important artists that we've talked about kind of like, uh, Aaron Jones we've covered right lately. He's one of those cool crossover artists that will be like the bridge to bring people that maybe normally wouldn't listen to rap might get into it. And I know a lot of kids that I grew up with, that was their gateway drug yeah. into like gangster rap. So I think those artists are super important. Uh, I, I don't listen to Eminem anymore, but I, I, when his first three albums or so, I was really into him. And whatever Square Dance, I still love that song. Yeah, it's on the, oh, the Eminem show. Yeah. Brent, I think he has a, a lyric on Marshall Mathers LP talking about DJs at rock stations. I can't, I can't remember exactly how it goes. I wish I could, but... And it's probably all correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Aaron did say at one point that he had a newfound respect for radio DJs because when you're... On the yeah. air, you are multitasking. So there's a scene in Wayne's World too, where there's a DJ and he's interviewing uh, Wayne and Garth, and he's ha like half paying attention, and they're saying all these absurd things. And it's because he's like, he's got to do this, he's got to do that, he's talking at the same time, and he's multitasking. So it, it it's sometimes it's hard to pull off. Yeah, and and we probably should have had Brent run the board. Uh, I always do like all of the the music side and like the introduction stuff. And so I'm half paying attention to that. That's why he tends to take over the introduction of the podcast. And yeah, it's a lot. And you're also trying to like say words that are going to be useful to anyone, like in the human language, it's a lot and you can be very overwhelmed very quickly. And then you feel like you have to like fill in the gaps of like any kind, anytime there's a, a break in the audio, you're all like, Say something. Somebody needs to say something. Yeah, you're afraid so of that the silence. Constant panic. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, what do you call that? Air silence or? Dead air. Even in my, uh, well, Dead pregnant air. pauses, what I like to call them. Yeah. <laughs> that should be a good podcast name between the pauses. <laughs> yeah. But even in my daily life, I don't like the silent pauses. So I'm always trying to fill in that gap. Yeah. Speaking of running the board and things, I was actually curious how you are routing your music into your podcast as you're playing the clips. What does that look like from a, the technical side? So I use the Rodecaster uh, okay. Pro, which is an amazing, if you don't know, I'm like, I have a background in like audio engineering. And so I, I, I know hardware and stuff, but if you're coming to podcasting and you don't know anything about anything, then just buy that thing. And like 90% of your problems are taken care of. It's, it's a brilliant uh, piece of tech that they've made through work. I've had to research a ton of different pieces of gear, like the zoom one and all that. 
there's a lot of competitors, but man, Road just knocked it out of the park. It's still the one I tell people if you're getting started, that's the one to go to. But you can load samples on there, and then much like a DJ, you just like you know hit the little hit the little push uh, the button uh, padded it. buttons. Yeah, that looks awesome. I do not have that as yet. I would love to get one. It's at an some investment. Point. Yeah, it's like six hundred dollars, right? Right, and I would say maybe get a few under your belt before you throw that kind of money and get seven episodes done and see if you're still going. Uh, me, I bought it day two and that's not, I do not suggest (laughs) that, but it worked out. Uh, maybe that's why I'm still doing them, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really the one you want to go to, especially if you want to do a live podcast with like four people, we've done a few of those. It's a lifesaver, man. It's so easy. Are you recording your podcast locally to that, to a disc or are you routing it out to your computer? So I record on my side through the roadcaster because I want, as the editor, I want the isolated tracks yep. so that uh, when we have crosstalk or the delay is too bad, when I'm editing, I can kind of structure it more like a conversation so that if there is delays and stuff like that, uh, you know, or if you have four people on, it's, it's really hard with crosstalk, you know, to, you can duck somebody and have somebody else who said something really funny. You can kind of spotlight that. So yeah, I use it because it has the ability to have isolated tracks, which is super important to me in podcasting. And then on my end, I record into Adobe Audition, and then I'll save my files and upload them to a folder on the Google Drive so Aaron can kind of grab those and use them as he pleases. What's the response been like to your podcast? Have you looked at any of the reviews that you've received? I've seen some of the, you know, the reviews left on Apple Music or, you know, the ratings that are on there and to again, to me, when someone says, hey, you turn me on to this band or to hear Tyler say, hey, you guys won me over. That's all I need, really. I think that's that's the payoff for us, in my opinion. I don't know about Aaron, but that's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people go into podcasting with the misconception that you're going to have like YouTube style numbers. And that is so not never going to happen with yeah. podcasting. Yeah, we've really... I remember when we first started, it it was kind of defeating when you're looking at your numbers because you're expecting these thousands and thousands of numbers and you're not getting them every week. And you're like, well, is this, you know, should we continue doing it or not? But the more I've researched it, like I found out a couple months ago, like our podcast is within the top 10% of all podcasts and there's millions of podcasts out there that doesn't necessarily mean that we're getting hundreds of thousands of listens, but what it means is 90% of the podcasts out there have less listeners than we do. And that's an accomplishment. You know, we had to build that audience and you have to temper your expectations. You also have to really think, Hey, if I am impacting a smaller you know, amount of people that are listening to an hour and a half of us talking about bands, which is insane. If I'm being honest to expect somebody to take an hour and a half out of their day, that's impactful and that's how you have to look at it. But for us, the payoff is having those interactions with the bands. I think uh, one of the guys from gangster grass wrote us back and, and was very gracious and said, wow, you guys really did a lot of research and I appreciate that you were speaking intelligently on these subjects. That's huge. That's the thing that keeps us going. Uh, We also have certain fans that will write in and say, you know, interact with us in that way and that's what keeps you going and that has to be what keeps you going yeah. because if you're doing it for money unless you're joe rogan you ain't making no money mm-hmm. on your year-end review episode that you just put out i think you said that your total downloads is something like twenty-two thousand, and thirteen thousand of those have come this year yeah 
do you look at any other metrics around your podcast? Do you, if, if you do, do you use them for anything? Or are you just kind of like, yeah, we got, we got 22,000 downloads and that's awesome. And then, you know, that, that's pretty much the extent of it. Aaron's more of the metrics guy, I guess. I don't, we look at the, the overall downloads and we see how episodes are doing. We, one thing that we never wanted to do in this podcast, and it's something that we mentioned, I think in that year end review is that, you know, something Sturgill Simpson said, if you're doing it for the the fan, then you're doing it wrong. You got to do it for, for your reason. So if we see an episode isn't uh, getting a lot of downloads and then we say, well, we're not going to cover that type of music anymore. Well, then we're doing it wrong. That's that's not being true to the overall essence of, of why we started this podcast. And when we started, I was very heavy into the data and like looking at the daily downloads and like the graphs. And I, I love that side of podcasting i love the data side i love seeing graphs and things but the further along we go the less i care about that stuff as long as there are downloads happening and there are people out there listening uh it's super weird to me that you can look at this map and your podcast host and see that people in india or indonesia are listening to your podcast and that is it's hard to fathom that like why anybody in the world would care about what two americans are going on about is just so insane to me yeah i have had that experience in the past with like website analytics you're like right somebody in in china is looking at my website I, why i had a background where uh, out of college i did uh web design and web development so i think that's where i kind of learned and got kind of like the analytical bug and uh google analytics is I don't know, man, it tweaks, tweaks my knobs correctly. And I'm like, Oh man, let's look at the data. Let's look how it's increased. And you know, I, I dig that kind of stuff, but in podcasting, if you don't have the right expectations, if you don't spin that correctly in your own mind and, and realize what you're doing is, you know, achieving what is the norm, you're going to be very disappointed on the front end. And I think that's like the more you look at people who do YouTube videos about podcasting. That's the first thing I'm going to say. You have to manage your expectations of what a successful podcast is and why you're doing it. You're not going to be rich. You're not going to be Joe Rogan. I hope none of us are. And you're not going to be, you know, this overly successful overnight uh, success. It's never overnight, right? Yeah. And I guess if you had a team of people, you might look at the, the, if we had a team of people behind us, we might look at the metrics more or, you know, but it's just us, and so we're trying to do the best we can with the time we have and just have fun doing it. Yeah. It's, again, it's what we'd be doing whether we were recording or not, so we may as well keep recording. Did you find starting the podcast to be difficult in any way? Did you take a lot of time to think about format or equipment, or was it easy to just kind of, I'm going to get this mic and, and this roadcaster and just jump in? Or I think because I was doing it with the intention of doing one for work, it was, I probably put way more work into it. And that's just me. Like I like research and stuff and except for bands apparently, but like what to buy and everything, like uh, I'm really a gear person. So I spent a lot of time looking into that, but it was all for work. So, you know, I I could do it on the clock basically. And it just so happens that when we started the podcast, like literally the the world shut down for yeah. COVID a couple of weeks later. So we were all home and I was working from home and I had a lot of um, my work gear here and that kind of worked out in my favor and we could just sit here and we, we've only been in the same room to record an episode, I think like three or four times. Otherwise we just video chat and then record 
you know, our, our audio on, on our end. And, and that's how we do it each week. And initially we were going to do these only in person. We were like, cause I used to have to go to Martin where Brent is, where our, our main company is. And I was like every week, you know, I'm down there every week. We'll just record, but right before I leave, but out of necessity, we had to quickly learn how to do this remotely. But I think there's a lot of strength in doing it remotely. It's still more fun in person, but as far as from an editing standpoint, if you do a live podcast in person, you don't have those isolated tracks. It's harder to edit. So there are benefits that we've kind of learned, but you have to learn that dance of like with the delay and everything of like head nods and like, okay, I want to talk now. Like you kind of learn those, those visual cues and stuff that in person is so much easier to, to pick up on. And we, and so if something goes wrong on our end, we'll throw up the X. So I learned that from wrestling that if you throw up the X, something has gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Listen, God, I've had to listen to you. I've learned so much about wrestling that I just did not agree to going into this podcast. <laughs> listen, I have to hear about your video game talk. So That's I think right. it's, yeah, it's, it's equaled it's, out. It's like a weird marriage. Like we're stuck. We, we can't get out of it. So <laughs> we just may as well make the best of it. What is your technical setup? Microphones, gear. I know you you went through software a little bit. Brent, is that a, a RE20? It is. And I initially was using um, uh, the Shure SM7B. Yep. But I think Aaron at one point said your uh, voice sounds a little bit better coming through the one that I'm currently using, the uh, RE20. So I've just kind of stuck with that. And I run that through a mixer, and then it's, it's my setup is so weird. Out of the mixer, I run into an uh, iRig 2 device, and I plug that into my headphones, and that's how I uh, get my audio into my computer. I'm running a, just an iMac. But you got you to gotta explain the two headphones thing, because he's always wearing two, which it breaks my mind. So I, in my mixer, I have a, a headphone jack that I hear my voice, and then I put on the big headphones so I can hear everyone else talking. Oh, I didn't even realize you had two headphones on. Yeah, so I have a small little uh, earbuds okay. inside my big headphones. Okay. This is the weirdest <laughs> thing to me that he does this. I'm like, spend $200, go get a Zoom mixer, and just run everything like I'm... But no, I, I like... Brent is always like the, the free trial guy. I'm a coupon guy. guy. Yeah, <laughs> so he's always... I'm going to go with whatever the expensive, but I know this is going to work way. And then Brent is like, so it is, it's a marriage. Free trial, free trial. Yeah. Yeah. My mixing setup is a little strange. In order to get the separate isolated tracks in my DAW, I have to hard pan my voice to the left and hard pan you guys to the right. So on my headphones, I can hear you out of both headphones for some reason, but I can only hear myself out of the the left ear cup. (laughs) I feel your pain. Yes. Yeah. Like seriously, do a car wash campaign, go by the roadcaster and just be done <laughs> yeah. with it because it makes things so much easier. And there, as podcasting has gotten more prevalent, you know, we, we've crossed, I think last year, the million podcast uh, mark, like there are companies that are rushing to the bottom price wise, but zoom makes one that I think it's like one ninety nine, and it's actually does most everything that the roadcaster can do so that it's so much cheaper to get into this than it was when we were doing this even a year ago. Is that the road pod mic that you have? I can only see the, the top of it. Uh, I have the, uh, the road procaster. So okay. it's, it's kind of their, their, uh, their little more expensive one, but yeah, I mean, you guys definitely sound like you have quality equipment on the back end of the of your production. I think early on, one of the greatest compliments we got from a lot of people was how good the audio sounded. And that's all to Aaron because 
he I think he spends way more time than he uh, than I would uh, <laughs> putting the, the time and effort into making us sound good. So the reason we sound so good is because of Aaron and uh, just the time and the commitment that he puts into it. And I think like that, number one, it's because I'm a weird obsessive audio person and like an audiophile in some ways. And number two, I knew going in like there's your competition is so steep in podcasting, like trying to ask anyone to listen to your weird little music podcast over the thousands of other ones that are out there by big name celebrities. I knew the only way we could differentiate ourselves or one way is that we could sound better than, you know, 50 or 60 percent of the people out there doing them on like Zoom calls or whatever. So that was the one differentiator. I, I thought we can achieve that we should have that standard from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. When we had Glenn Phillips on, uh, we had covered him at one point and I asked Glenn, I said, did you go back and listen to any of our episodes? And he said, yeah, I browsed a couple of them. I just want to make sure you had, uh, you guys weren't just like recording out of your garage and you had some good audio. So I was like, that, that's a badge of honor for us. Absolutely. Yeah. It's paid off a few times uh, when we've had asked people to be on the show, they've commented that, the sound quality was one of the reasons they were like, hey, you know, well, that's one of the reasons that they came on the show. And then they used themselves like AirPod headphones. And <laughs> I'm like, well, I appreciate, I, you know, you think these people are recording artists. You would think they would have like this big studio set up. And, you know, one guy called in his RV and oh, it, still an amazing interview. But yeah, when he logged in, we were like. Is, are you, you think they have like home studios with like recording setups? I think and, so. Yeah. Right, right. Not so much. Yeah, not everybody's Paul McCartney, apparently. Yeah. You don't even, I mean, you don't need a ton of equipment to get a, a decent sound, though. No, it's it's really just about knowing what you're doing and have, putting in the time to learn a few things, you know. What does typical production look like for your episode? So from from your mouth to the listener's ears, what are you doing? So we'll start with picking the bands. Uh, then we, you know, exchange playlists, you know, the songs, and then from there we'll listen to the songs and we start the research process and then, you know, we'll, we'll message each other back and forth and say, what's your schedule look like? When can you record? Is it at lunchtime? Is it at night? Uh, and, you know, it just varies. We've gotten into a groove where we do a lot of lunchtime recordings. Um, and then after that, Aaron takes over, edits the, the episode and, uh, you know, kind of updates the website, gets it ready to um, be published and bada boom, bada bing every Monday morning it comes out. Yeah. And we, we overly complicate our setups a lot of the times, but we really want to look like we know what we're doing. So I think we put more effort into it than is really required. Uh, but I think like making the website, not just the stock website that you get with your podcast host and like keeping show notes and, and denoting the timestamps and stuff like that. I don't know if anybody really ever cares about that stuff, but to us, if I'm going to reference somebody, I really want to give them credit. So that's kind of where that's our way of like, you know, citing your source, I guess, uh, because a lot of this stuff is not our own, you know, we're, we're using other people's interviews. Sure. I feel like we need to give credit for that, uh, where credit is due. So that's, that's takes up a lot of time, but I always appreciate that when I go to like this week in tech and they have like a timestamp and they talked about a gear piece of gear yeah. and I can go directly to that, find a link and buy, you know, so I appreciate it. So hopefully somebody uses that. If they don't, they gave me something to do, you know? And as far as like promotion, Aaron and I have um, kind of an advantage as video and audio editors to where we can put out content on our social media pages where we have these 
really cool videos where I have graphics and things like flying around. And yeah. um, I take pride in that, even if it only gets like, you know, 15 views. Uh, I, I want us to look good. Yeah. I think it's better to look good than to feel good, as Fernando used to say. Yeah. And you hope like, again, it's become more and more because we never assumed it was a possibility. But if you want to court a artist and try to have them on the show, first impression is so important. So like going to an actual website and having that information there or, you know, looking at us up on Twitter, you know, make it till you, or, you know, fake it till you break it or fake it till you make it, you know, try to look like, you know what you're doing, even if we really don't. And it's just us too. As George Costanza says, it's not a lie. If you believe it, <laughs> there you go. There you go. You had what sounds like a voice actor do the introduction for your podcast. Is that true? Or <laughs> did one of you guys do it? Crossing the streams with Aaron and Brent. No, that's all me. Is it? Aaron. Um, wow. Yeah. Aaron sent some, uh, he's like, so I, I want the, the the podcast to be called Ca- Crossing the Streams, and he wrote down some ideas, uh, various liners for me to read, and I, I kind of improvised a couple, and I sent him a ton of variations, Okay, and then he came up with what the intro is now, and yeah, so I, I have the advantage of you know, having a background in communications and radio, and it just worked to our advantage. But thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Yeah. You do a lot of commercial work on the radio too, right? You do a lot yes. of ads yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, and that was uh, the genius. Uh, if I have any genius, was choosing a guy who knew how to do all this. <laughs> so I knew the technical side. Brent's the guy that makes us sound professional, and then I get on there and blather a little bit, and then edit in the background. But yeah, so always go find a voiceover person and do a podcast with them, and you'll. you'll we really do have a, a Paul McCartney, John Lennon type relationship. Which of us is left-handed guitar playing? Just curious. No, uh, that'll be you. Okay. The music knowledge is secondary. It's all about the voice acting and, and intro abilities. <laughs> I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, otherwise we'd be having a wrestling podcast and I would just be like, what are we? What? <laughs> I don't know. So I can't compete in that space, man. <laughs> what service are you using for distributing your podcast? So I did a lot of research when we were, again, for the company that uh, I wanted to, if I was going to run this thing, which I knew if I suggested it, I was going to have to. Uh, so I researched all of them that are out there, you know, all the big ones, Podbean, Anchor, all of those. But just like I do with the bands, for some reason, I decided to go to this little UK startup called uh, Captivate and their website is Captivate FM. They are amazing. They, I, I, we do not talk about them enough, and they are an incredible podcast host. I think they're going to be one of the biggest names out there. A guy named Mark Asquith runs it, and he is fantastic. They keep adding, and this is going to sound like an ad. I apologize, but they keep adding so many features to this thing without ever raising the price. We we pay the same price that we have paid from the beginning. I didn't know until later when we signed up for them, they had launched like less than six months before we signed up. So wow. they, they're still new, but early adopters. Yeah. They are really good about, you know, they have that hunger of making it a great product. Whereas other bigger podcast hosts maybe, you know, are just doing whatever everybody else is doing. I, I think they're really on the cutting edge. Captivate is an incredible host. Cool. I'll have to check that out. They make it a point to really cater to their subscribers to, you know, yeah. keep them informed and, and, and do updates and things like that. And there's been multiple times they do uh, live streams every week where they say what's coming up and you can interact with them and talk to them. I've talked to Mark, the owner, quite a few times. 
really great company. They make it as easy as possible. And this is not an easy thing getting a podcast started. I think a lot of people don't understand. It's getting easier, but man, when we were starting, you got to learn a lot and you got to learn it quick. You know, we're kind of coming up on time. So I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk with me about your podcast, about what you're doing. Is there anything else that we should talk about that you want to hit? I think the main thing is like, we, we've touched on this before, but it, podcasting is about uh, doing something that you love, find something, a topic that you love to discuss, and then know that you have to build an audience. People aren't going to flock to you just because you're out on Apple Podcast or Spotify. You have to be consistent. So we put out a new episode every Monday this year, except one. The first Monday in January, we didn't put one out. We're not going to put one out the first January of um, 2022. We take one week off. Consistency, consistency, consistency. If people go to listen to your podcast on Monday and it's not there, there's another podcast they can go listen to. I think that's extremely important. And if you want to be successful, you got to be consistent. Also, India is going to be your biggest listeners. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yes. know why, but that is a huge market in podcasting. And when Captivate added India, we saw our numbers uh, increase quite quite a bit. So, I, again, I don't understand why anybody in India is listening to us talk about bands. But hey, that's pretty, that's awesome. pretty yeah. freaking cool. It's a weird thing. So, but yeah, just pick a subject. You have to have something you love. Don't go in it for money because you will not make money. You will lose money. We have lost money. <laughs> we are in the negative for sure. And I don't like ads. I hate ads. And so that I think I've been more against putting ads into the podcast because I don't want to annoy people who are you know generously already listening to us. But yeah, just go into it, doing what you love and down the road, maybe it'll lead to something. Maybe it won't. If it doesn't, you got something out of it, you know? You, Put it on a resume. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Where can people find you? Where can they listen to your podcast? Where where do you want to send them? The main website where they can find us is crossingthestreamspodcast.com. All of our episodes are there, every single one of them. You can click on the episodes tab and you can get all of, uh, as of today, 92 episodes. We also put out a companion playlist to every single episode. And uh, that's in the news section. I believe you can go and listen to all the songs we're going to talk about. We put those out on the Friday before the episode comes out. So you can listen to the songs before we talk about them. Again, that's at crossingthestreamspodcast.com. And we also have links to all the uh, podcast providers like Apple Music and Spotify and Amazon Podcast, things like that. On Instagram, we're at, and, and it's hard to find. Yeah. You know, once you start something up, all the names have been taken. Uh, but on Instagram, we are at CTS underscore podcast. On Twitter, we are at Crossing Podcast. On Facebook, we are at Crossing Streams Podcast. And we do have a YouTube channel that I don't update as much as I should, but uh, it's Cross the Streams Podcast on YouTube. Also, when I came up with the idea for the show, it was a Ghostbusters reference, and apparently a lot's taken on everything. So it's a pretty popular line from from Ghostbusters. Yeah, you either know that, or we've had people who think this is a podcast about peeing, and I don't know <laughs> why that would ever. But there's probably a market for that. I don't know. Maybe we missed out. Maybe that should. Somebody's been probably way, already but... making that podcast. I'll get them on next next week on Who Makes a Podcast. We should. We should do a versus uh, crossing the stream versus. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun for me. I hope it hope it was all right for you. Oh, it was great. We appreciate you just asking us to come on. Yeah, thanks for having us on. 
Absolutely. Look, you used one of Aaron's crutch words. I did. What did which one? Which one? Absolutely. There you go. That was my conversation with Aaron Bevel and Brent Hinson, hosts of the podcast Crossing the Streams, which can be found on all of the major podcast networks. You can also find Aaron and Brent at crossingthestreamspodcast.com or on Instagram at CTS underscore podcast. My name is Chris Cookley, and you can find me at whomakesapodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be an enormous help if you shared it with your friends or left a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. It helps other podcast lovers find the show, and it really does make a difference. And if you host a podcast and would like to be my next guest on Who Makes a Podcast, let me know. Go to whomakesapodcast.com slash guest and tell me about your show. This is Who Makes a Podcast. I'll be back next time with another conversation with another incredible podcast host. Thanks for listening.